Welcome back to another episode of the Red Carpet Cafe, where I am one of your hosts, Eric Root, and I have with me back again, special guest host, Jen Scott. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Jen, it's been a while. It's been a it while. It's been a while. <laughs> and before we get into our TED Talk, if you will, we should coin that. That would be a great idea. Uh, before we get into discussions on Ted Lasso, um, let's talk about when you're getting ready to sit down and binge watch Ted Lasso, what's your snack choice? It's not really a concession because you're not going to a movie theater for it, Ooh. but what's your snack choice? See, this season, I did not binge watch it. I was waiting anxiously all week for the next episode to drop. Um okay first season I totally binged the whole thing and it's a sports show so you want something snacky something that's Mm -hmm. um you know fun but I don't know that I I, you know like a trail mix or something but it has to be a sweet trail okay something with you know a combo of M&Ms with your peanuts and salty things well Jen then I think I have the snacky thing for you just for so season three it is Cheetos mac and cheese. Ask for it by name. It comes with special powder that goes instead of just cheese sauce. It's a special Cheetos powder that you put on top so that your mac and cheese. That's right. Tastes like Cheetos. And on here, they even have a recommendation. If you want uh, that extra cheesy, crunchy, and creamy combo when you top your mac with your favorite Cheetos snack on top that's pretty ingenious and it's probably uh healthy because i'm sure it's in the milk group so it's part of the four basic <laughs> there. totally it's totally healthy for you oh, yeah. especially if you add the extra crunchy cheetos on top <laughs> that uh, and i'm pretty sure as Bree's listening to this episode that's exactly what she's going to be making because she's going to be like you know what i'm feeling the hunger of chester cheetah we're not even getting paid for that, but we should. I'm telling you. Oh my god! <laughs> All right, so let's talk a little Ted Lasso, though. We're Lasso. two seasons down. Season one had ten episodes. Season twelve, had, or two, had twelve episodes. So that being said, welcome to the special twelve-hour podcast of Ted Lasso, <laughs> where Jen and I will be doing minute-by-minute playback. And maybe some of it will be an interpretive dance to be seen on YouTube TV. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. I can't do that. Do we need either. accents too? Like, right. I don't know if I can just whip out my British accent real fast. Well, in in the podcast episode I did uh, for Halloween with uh, Brie, I um, showed her my Halloween costume. I can give you a little taste of it. It, it is, uh, it's this. I just have to take off these glasses here. And with these glasses off, Dwayne the Rock Johnson totally nailed it. <laughs> twinning, totally twinning right there. But no, yeah. t- no, today I, I don't have my hat on or anything, but one could say that I am definitely pulling off the coach beard look right now, except mine has a lot more gray. Yeah. It yeah. has there. a little gray in it too. I love Coach Beard. He Coach- is <laughs> hysterical. He is the quiet, 
like understated guy who's just always there and he throws in a zinger every once in a while oh man he's great what's great about him especially if there's anyone listening that doesn't have apple tv you need to get it you need to watch the show even if you don't like sports it is funny funny stuff the casting is superb but coach beard when you watch him his facial expressions are 99 percent of the joke like yes someone yes. says something to look at everything. him and he'll be like doesn't even say a word he just gives a look like mm, no <laughs> mm-hmm. he gives he gives the look and it says a thousand words and it's one of those shows that because of him you don't want this on in the background when you're not watching. Like you have to watch it because you yeah. have to see his face. Right. If you don't see his face, then you miss it. And he's hysterical. <laughs> well, and also too, for the, the listener who isn't familiar, uh, the loose description on it is small time American football coach Ted Lasso is hired to coach a professional football club in England. If you don't know what that means, it's a soccer team, but you know, England right. calls it, call it football. Uh, Despite having no experience at all coaching American soccer or English football. And that's, that's the generic side of it. So, you know, the whole first season is everyone is just laughing, thinking it's a huge joke, but Mm -hmm. you know, when you come to find out that the whole reason why it even happened is that Rebecca, who is the owner of the club, thanks to a divorce with her rich husband, Um, she wants to kill the club like she wants it buried in the ground gone she thinks that's the way to do it so that's kind of the 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 premise of the whole first season but we get introduced and just to clarify she wants to kill it because it was her ex-husband's baby right it was his like favorite thing in the world and she thinks that by killing it it's going to kill him and get back at him for cheating on her Right. And she does a pretty good job of hiding it for from everyone except for, you know, her. Higgins. Yep. For for Higgins, who is kind of like her. Uh, I don't want to call him a general manager because I think that's not the accurate title. It's more like he's a. Like I would a, say director a, a, of operations or right, something like slash that. Accountant, maybe. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Because yeah. he he does he does the numbers too, so he's always aware of people's contracts and trying to get players and trade players. And, yeah. But we get some great introductions to to characters like superstar Jamie Taft and you know Roy. Tart. Oh, Jamie excuse me, Tart. Tart. I don't know why I said Taft. Um, <laughs> you got Jamie Tart, who is like the young phenom who wants so badly to be uh, loved in his profession but he it's more so because his father always belittled everything he did no matter how good he was and yeah. he was always butting heads with you know Roy who is the head uh, well, uh he's been in the league for Captain. so long like he's about to retire at some point and you know he just it, it's like old school versus new school there's going right. to be some egos and there's going to be some butting heads. Okay. So season one, where we see all these things transpiring and the team's doing horrible and they're basically on the verge of getting demoted from the premier league. Right. We see these uh, interesting relationships between Keeley 
and Jamie and, you know, Ted trying to please everyone with his Ted nuances. Um, and then, you know, you got Coach Beard, who is kind of, I feel like it was an on again, off again kind of relationship he ends up getting with uh, a woman in England. And then you have Rebecca, who is constantly living with her ex-husband in the shadows. But in this first season, who would you say your favorite character was and why? That's what I'm curious. I fell in love with Keely in the first is hysterical. She starts out as this like entrepreneurial model, right? Mm-hmm. Who's great at what she does and evolves so much over the two seasons. And so in season two, as she's now the head of marketing for the football club, right. she's doing a killer job, right? She's kicking ass and taking names and not letting anyone stand in her way. And she is confident and still young and fun and bubbly. She ends up becoming Rebecca's best friend, right? And mm-hmm. it's just such a great dynamic between the two of them. They become this like girly click almost, right? But inclusive. <laughs> they bring yeah. in Ted sometimes. They're like, join our girl talk. <laughs> and in turn even though he does join he's got the diamond dogs which is all the guys yeah. uh that are coaching including you know at the time young nate who is basically just you know the cleat guy doing the laundry getting things prepped but he ends up uh, getting taught to become a coach and right. given the, the season confidence. one he becomes a coach mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think the most frustrating thing, but of course you have to have conflict. So there's plenty of it to make it compelling was your Keely and Jamie relationship because Jamie is this egotist and Keely loves him, but he is taking her for granted. Huge, hugely taking her for granted. And yes. And he's clearly so young, he doesn't know what he wants. And so, like, he's still looking and flirting with other girls, even though they're together. Like, exclusive boyfriend-girlfriend together, you know? It's not like it's early days. And, uh, yeah, no, so I love that conflict. And what ends up happening, can I spoil it? Yeah, go for it. (laughs) I love that Roy, like, swoops in as this mature man and, like, kind of tells Keely she deserves better right right? and then romance blossoms between the two of them and I love them together they are so cute I think I think overall though especially after season two I really like Roy and I think he's my favorite character because when he decides to hang up his cleats and he goes the route in season two of being an an, an, uh, not an announcer but an analyst on the television uh you know one of the bbc's yeah sports networks right you know one of their talk shows that he can't help himself but drop the f-bombs on live television even though they tell him you can't swear on tv but it's so ingrained in him and then when he goes to like class to go pick up his niece 
and <laughs> he's still dropping f bombs in front of the teacher, and but he's stopping and like, ah, oh, I'm sorry, you know. But he still right. does it anyways. Right. Well, to reference for those listeners who have not seen it, his niece Phoebe is now at her fifth offense of getting yelled at for swearing a lot Mm -hmm. um and so roy Roy. comes to (laughs) yes exactly uncle roy comes to pick her up and uh the teacher sits him down and says why do you think that phoebe is swearing a lot and he's like i don't know where she gets that from you know all (laughs) innocent i don't know and uh she just gives him the look and he goes wait it's me Mm -hmm. (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know and it that is a that is a great moment having him realize oh shit i'm the bad influence (laughs) exactly um but it's cool to see you know when keely and roy end up you know together in the early part of that second season that she's also trying to help when keely when um his niece is coming over and so it's not just his influence she's also trying to be a huge part of her life and i i love that interaction yeah just the way it plays out um i gotta tell you it was nice to see even though it was completely out of context based on when it aired the christmas episode yes it was very random yeah but but it was cool how they did it i mean it was very very redemptive for a lot of people in so many ways and like season two we got to see rebecca flex those vocal pipes you know when she sang when she sang let it go from frozen at first i was kind of laughing but i'm like she's pretty good holy smokes like she can belt it yeah when did we get to see her in the karaoke room is that end of season one and so the christmas episode she did it again or is that i don't know well no the she sings twice in this show yeah because the christmas episode is when she goes i think it was out in front of ted's house and starts singing christmas that's right out in front of higgins house because higgins had everybody from the team over that's right and then rebecca goes to get ted and go nope you're coming with me and they went out and they, the, everyone started basically singing Christmas jingles outside. Yeah. And that was a cool episode. Very cool. It was a very cool episode. I liked that one a lot. And I think, you know, even the episode before that, you saw a lot of development in Roy and you actually see Roy and Rebecca get to that get together, but like uh, develop this little bond because Rebecca's mm-hmm. kind of pseudo niece, right? Her best friend's daughter who she basically is like her niece Mm -hmm. comes to go to work with her for the day. Right. And Roy is also dealing with these things with Phoebe and Rebecca's like, how do I deal with a young person? Like, I don't understand how this works. (laughs) And so they come, they run into each other on the street and Roy kind of helps Rebecca realize, you know, how to influence in a good way. Yes. So there's just like so much, I don't know, growth and bonding in this season between all of the characters. And I love it. Right. And, but let's also take a look at Rebecca and her best friend, um, Bex. Yes. Yes. And the daughter who is absolutely in love with Sam. Sam Obasanya. I always say his name wrong. Yes. Obasanya. Yes. Obasanya. 
who is another star soccer player right and also really good in just his character arc sam falls for rebecca the owner of the club which he's playing for and they unbeknownst to each other for most of season two they're texting each other and getting to know each other um through basically whatever version of tinder they got over there in the uk banter is what it's called yes remember keely brings this to the team as the new sponsor of the club right and banter the whole thing about banter for those of us who are still on the dating apps this one kind of sounds interesting right you don't get (laughs) like all you get is a name you don't get anything else no you don't even get a name it's like a code name no pictures code name because the whole point is that you're supposed to learn the person and not just be swiping on pictures right and if you're looking if you're looking for jen scott on banter her code name is unicorn lover (laughs) 1988 no i thought it was i give free hugs oh yeah (laughs) yes 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 good old star wars weekends (laughs) um but i mean it's interesting because You've got Rebecca who starts up this romance and then they finally figure out that they're talking to each other and they mm-hmm. start an actual romance. But then you're like, man, what's what's Beck's daughter going to think? Because she is like crushing, teenage crushing on Sam. Yes, teenage crushing. She's like 13. Uh, yeah, yes. And then um, uh, what did she, call, she say to her when she found out something like, boss bitch or something like that with a nod like (laughs) yes yes it was from there was something that happened when she came to shadow rebecca that she's like badass boss bitch or something right and uh then she finds out that they're dating and just says that same thing again like but she was still boss bitch like so great she was still smiles yeah (laughs) yeah so funny but um you know and then you've got your players in the pub you know the pub owner she is funny at just the right moments um, yes. you're looking at may who's the owner of the mm-hmm. pub and then you have the people who are hanging out in there you got paul uh who's one of them and you also have jan as well i don't remember the name of the third guy but Baz. thank you and they are always there for game day. They're never at the stadium. They're always in the pub with their pints and cheering on Richmond FC in hopes that uh, they're going to get the next win. But man, Mm -hmm. talk about nothing but draws for the first half of the season of season two. That uh, makes it a little challenging when you're trying to get back into the Premier League because the end of season one, you got Jamie who gets traded. And uh, he they end up playing him in the final game of the season they think he's they got his number because he doesn't like to pass take the lead only to find the lead going away or no they they they, i think it was a draw uh, a tie they tied it up and then jamie ends up beating them because he does pass and um it was very it was very interesting uh very dramatic you know a oh, learning yeah. moment for Jamie Tart, who realizes that what Ted was teaching him all along was the right thing, and he just didn't want to listen because he was an egotistical ass. You know, 
Um, Emily uh, just uh, mentioned something that I forgot about the Christmas episode that was actually extremely cool. Rebecca, when she takes Ted out of the house, who'd been moping because his son is over in the States and his wife wants a divorce and he doesn't want that. She takes him and they basically become secret Santa for a bunch of underprivileged kids and fulfill the Santa wish list. She takes her money and buys all the gifts and they act as elves and give them out. And that was also a very cool moment to see her get involved like that because most yeah. of the time you're thinking, eh, she's probably self-centered. She's rich. She only cares about certain things and you don't really see that she has passions around other things until much later as the seasons progress. But still a very cool moment. Yes. Very cool moment. Let's talk about Nate. Good old Nate. Lovable Nate. Gets Lovable, on. adorable, naive. He gets shy. picked on in season one. Yeah. Um, anywhere he goes, they've got people who basically ignore him because he's soft spoken. By the time season two hits and he gets at the end, he thinks Ted's a joke. He thinks Ted is trying to set him up for failure only to find out he was completely wrong. And Ted believed in him and they followed through on his play and it was successful. And that made him even more angry than before. Yeah. So, so what is, uh, what does he do, Jen? Okay. Well, that was before then he actually uh, tells a little secret to Trent Krim of I, he always announces himself. Trent Krim of the, do you remember what, I can't remember what the name of the paper is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we find out that Trent Krim is unemployed by the end of season two, but yes. Uh, Trent Krim of Because the, of this, yes. Yes. Yeah, I forget the, the actual name. Gar- I don't know, something. Right. Yeah, not a big deal, but um, <laughs> so I want to backtrack a little bit on this, Nate. You skipped right from season one, lovable, all the way to the end, where oh yeah, becomes yeah, a total ass. But you see in season two, Nate's character develops in this incredibly weird way. The first couple of episodes, he's his normal self. He's you know a little bit more confident because he's coach and he's like figuring himself out. And then once Roy gets brought onto the team as a coach, I think that's when Nate started to like slowly over the rest of the season become kind of an asshole. Oh, good point. And I think it's in the end, right? You don't know until that last episode when Nate says he felt like he was pushed aside and that coach Ted ignored him and like underappreciated him. I, mm-hmm. that's when it started right I wouldn't have put that together until I saw that episode and it was like mic drop like I was trying to figure out why is he becoming a butt like I right. don't understand why he's being this way and it was definitely when Roy got brought onto the team but he had this whole journey of lots of self-loathing and trying to be more confident trying to be more aggressive and not his naive self and mm-hmm. um yeah, in the end, he goes as an anonymous source to Trent Krim and spills the beans that Ted did not leave that game 
you know, with food poisoning that he had a panic attack. Right. And uh, then Ted has to figure out how to handle that, right? Sure. But how how awful. One of the people that you trust right. goes to the newspaper and tells something very personal. Well, and that was kind of the overall arc. It feels like now looking back at it, that season two was about Ted's panic attack or ability to have them because once they bring in the uh, the, the psychiatrist and in order to be able to kind of decipher why the team is having this this issue dr sharon yes and you know the 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 team keeps not winning and they're trying to figure out you know what the psychology behind it is ted is uh also being scrutinized as well and he just starts developing these panic attacks and a lot of it has to do with just everything going on the stresses back in the u.s and uh it culminated in in that one big game where they the televised game they see him running off the field and then later they say oh it was food poisoning to play it off but clearly not the case but it looks like you know by the end of season two he comes to grips with it thanks to the good doctor and um their interactions were some of the coolest uh, i think especially how he managed to not say goodbye (laughs) yes yeah, starting off with basically ignoring Dr. Sharon and being like, nah, I'm good. I don't need any doctor. I'm fine, right? Being positive, ignoring the negative, all he wants. And eventually it, you know, panic attack at a live game definitely threw him over the edge and he was like, okay, I need help. Right. And I, I <laughs> like how they brought in mental health in sports because in real life, that's not talked about a whole lot right you have to be a macho man and you can't go to a therapist you can't you know uh, also to when the doctor was leaving from um the office and you know she pretty much said i'm done here Ted wanted to to say goodbye and when he got the whole team to do choreography of bye 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 <laughs> that was pretty funny because they got excited when they nailed it too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, these macho footballers dancing to in sync bye 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 was pretty amazing. Yeah, <laughs> made, that was, that made was my awesome. day. So now that we have um you know, kind of talked about Nate's transformation. The final sequence we see at the end of the season is only what I can call evil coach Nate, who is now working for Rebecca's ex-husband, who now owns a new football club. He decided to, we think at first, give her the shares of the Richmond club as just like, oh, we can't handle it. My new wife and I have a kid and it's just too much. But really he had to get rid of the shares in order to qualify to buy the new club. And so he ends up hiring Nate to be his head coach. And we see this kind of evil grin of Nate as his team's practicing. So now, now I wonder what do we see coming in season three? I think Nate is going to think that he knows how to 
beat Richmond, right? He's like, I was a coach. I know their weaknesses and their strengths and I'm going to beat them. And this is going to be great. I think he's going to be surprised. I think I've also heard that Ted Lasso has a definitive end, like whether it's a season three or season four, it will come to a conclusion and they'll wrap it up. And, and I believe it was Jason Sudeikis who actually said that uh, if I heard correctly, I, he was on, I want to say it was the Smartless podcast with Will Arnett and Sean Hayes and uh, Jason Bateman when they were talking to him about, you know, all things Ted Lasso. And okay. I think he had said that, that there is a, an actual ending that's already been predetermined and he, but he wouldn't allude as to when that would happen. So if it is season three, I think we get, I'm predicting we get our redemptive arc where Ted may or may not get to save his marriage. Don't know. Don't know the full story on what's happening back in the U.S., but he'll at least get to see his kid again. He will probably be done with the Richmond Football Club, but I bet they end up beating um, you know, Rebecca's ex-husband's team in order to you know, beat Nate, say, in a championship game. And then he goes out on top and maybe Coach Beard takes over, which would not be a shocker. But in order to do that, Nate's going to get cocky and think that he has their number. And they may even face each other more than once in the season. And he probably will win one or two of the games. But then in the final match, maybe Ted Lasso and, and Coach Beard come out with the, you know what? We need to start thinking outside the box and let's do things differently. And that will throw Nate off because he'll think that Ted's predictable throughout the entire season. That's my prediction for whatever the end season is for them, whether it's three or four. What are your thoughts? Interesting. Interesting. I never would have thought of Ted leaving the club. Um. I think he's kind of found a home in England and he likes it, even though he misses his son back in the U S I think he likes it in England. I think it's helping him grow as a person and um, he's learning a lot about himself. Mm-hmm. Now maybe that takes him back to American football and he goes back to the States, but I don't know. I don't know that that's his path. I think his path is now in England. Okay. But in order for him to stay, I think that there's one factor that has to happen. Right now, Ted is hung up on his wife and son. He has no love interest in England. So, uh, well, Bex, Rebecca's ex-best friend, they've uh, hooked up a couple times. I don't think that that's going to turn into a full-time relationship. But I think it's starting to bring him out of his shell. And I think maybe. it's starting to like force him to realize like my wife's asked for a divorce I guess we're getting a divorce right I I don't see them getting back together okay here's my prediction on that Ted Lasso situation here's take it to the bank final season whatever that is Ted ends up falling in love with Rebecca he's been bringing her biscuits since day one There have been moments where the two of them have connected to the point where they understand each other. But he stood up for her when the ex-husband 
was trying to ridicule her in the pub. And that's a big deal. Maybe not at that moment, but when she, if she decides that that's the route she's going to go with her character arc, she's going to reflect on that. You could take that to the bank. No, I agree with that. There have (laughs) definitely been moments throughout the season where the two of them have looked like, you know, a little cozy and you saw a little bit more development of the emotional connection. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. That could, I, I would kind of like them together. Coach uh, Beard ends up with Bex. <laughs> well, he needs They're to get both, rid of Jane. Uh, Jane, Jane is going to be, uh, I don't see, like he's already constantly up and down about her emotionally because of her, who she is. But I think yeah. that Bex is just crazy enough to be able to keep up with Beard and his social angst. I think she's just crazy enough. And then Keely and Roy, if Keely and Roy aren't together at the end, I will be surprised. And it better not be Jamie Tart. <laughs> Even no. though he's redeemed himself, he, he needs to go find himself someone else. Yeah. Not, it, not I Keely. do not want it to be Keely. No. I, yeah, I like who he's become Jamie Tart. I like that he has redeemed himself and he apologized to the team for being an ass. And like, you know, he's becoming a better man. Yes. But I still don't want him with Keely. And we didn't even talk about the uh, the Emmys. I mean, Ted Lasso's group pretty much all, I, I think they swept. I mean, I remember specifically that Hannah, who plays Rebecca, was up there giving this really cool speech and then waving to Juno. And it looks like they're actually friend, like really good friends in real life. And Juno Temple has done a great job with the character Keely. I mean, I haven't seen her in many things, but I know she's done other things. But this show is going to be a huge stepping stone for these, these actors and actresses once they're gone and probably other comedies. I wouldn't be surprised to see them in other things. But um, yeah, this sh- and I have to thank you, Jen. If you hadn't even have really talked it up the last time you and I did the podcast when we were, you know, talking about all things Apple TV, I, I had thought about it, but not given it a whole lot of thought until you'd said, you really need to see it. It's funny. And sure enough, I was like, you know what? I'm going to sit down and watch it. And I'm like, yeah, this was a, this was a great pick. Original story. Yeah. Jason Sudeikis is really um, brilliant in how he wrote this comedy. Really so like it. good. It's so good. Yeah. Season two is slightly heavier than season one in terms of like, you know, just upbeatness. You mm-hmm. know, there's a lot more. It's still funny. This show is funny to its mm-hmm. core. But it's definitely <laughs> a little bit heavier <laughs> in season two. Well, I mean yeah you look at season one and season two and you got these characters like danny rojas who yes. kicks a soccer Football ball <laughs> kicks, kicks the soccer ball as a mascot's running into it and happens to kill the mascot we don't see it so Peter, relax it's not like it's a real dog that was killed it's just implied but it affects him it affected him so much that he had trouble kicking and he's a really good player yeah he started saying football is death (laughs) yeah he had some serious issues which is one of the reasons they brought in dr sharon exactly 
and it helped. It helped. Then he realized that football is life. And then he was able to go back. And even though they gave that tease, like, uh, maybe the mascot might get loose again, <laughs> but didn't, it didn't happen. No, but uh, Jen, what would you like to add to this as we wrap up? We're not doing any ratings. We both like the show. It's a home run. Oh, love this show. I will watch <laughs> it until it is done for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know if there's anything I want to add other than watch the show if you're not watching it. It is really funny. You will be laughing the entire time. Is there anything else on your uh, Apple TV radar that's coming up? Coming up? No, mm-hmm. but I have definitely been watching the uh, morning show with mm-hmm. Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon and uh, Steve Carell. Yes. It is a heavy drama, but it is so good. Okay, but did you watch Megadoon? I did watch Megadoon, yes, which is hysterical. I enjoyed that, and I really hope there's a second season. You know, thanks, thank you, Lorne Michaels, and your Saturday Night Live creativity for bringing that show. Schmigadoon is hilarious. Just yeah. so, for those that don't know, two people who are basically caught, they're a couple, they're doctors, they go to this couple's retreat and they uh, are out camping, they wander across a bridge and end up in this magical place called Schmigadoon where everyone there is living a musical except the two people who just walked in and they're trying to figure out why. It's amazing how it's written. But uh, on that note... Oh, it was brilliantly done. Exactly. But on that note, uh, we thank you for listening to this episode of the Red Carpet Cafe. Uh, I, again, am one of your hosts, Eric Root, along with my special host... That's your cue, Jen. (laughs) (laughs) It was a pleasure being here. Thanks, everybody. (laughs) Miss Jen Scott. And just remember that the Red Carpet Cafe is a member of the Be Kind Rewind Podcast Network. You can find us on the web at bkrpn.com. And this episode is technically airing on Monday, November 8th. Next one is going to be in two weeks on Monday, November 22nd, just in time for the Thanksgiving holiday. But let's face it, you know, as soon as October 31st ends, November 1st hits, what happens? Christmas music and decorations, despite what my wife says. (laughs) Thank you for listening, everybody, and have a safe, safe day.